Hello and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? I'm good, Adam. Who's how on the back you? of your jersey today? <laughs> so you, you, you've, been, you've been wanting this question to be answered, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I already have like three guesses. So I feel like at this point, I, I don't know. I'm probably going to like hit myself when I find out who it is because it's probably going to be very obvious. Probably. Yeah, it is. It is very obvious. Um, so, of course, it is day five of the Ed Pretzel kit extravaganza. And I know he's not on the national team right now because the, the head coach is – he has something against him. He has something against him. But that's, that's – I already completely... guessed Mesut It's not Mesut <laughs> not Mesodozo. No, it is not Mesodozo. But for the day five of the Ed Birdsall football kid extravaganza, I'm going to introduce this man with a song. He's our Frenchman. He's our number nine. Number nine. He plays for Arsenal in red and white. Scoring goals is what he does best. Dad, he goes by the name of Lacazette. Wonderful. Thank you very much. The day five kit is goes to Alexander Lacazette. That probably would have been my fourth guess. No, your fourth guess would have been Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney. I thought about him. I thought about him, but um, I really just wanted to sing the Alex Lacazette song. So it's a, there it's we a good go. Song. He's a Frenchman. He's a number nine. Number nine. He plays for Arsenal red and white. Scoring goals is what he does best, and he goes by the name of Lacazette. That's fun. It's always fun. We had the best chance. We had the best chance. No one can tell me otherwise. Most creative. I would say most creative, yes. Who's that team to call the Arsenal? Who's that team we all adore? We're the boys in red and white, and we're fucking dynamite. And Pochettino's mother is a whore. I don't know if we can say that, but I did it anyway. It's my podcast. I don't care. Okay. You happy now? Yeah. You've you've got the answer to your question. <laughs> I have gotten it, and then some. And, yes, and uh, and definitely then some. But uh, hey, it's a um, it's a big day today, Adam. It's a big day. It is a big day. We're talking about running backs. We are talking about running backs. And we actually got some very, very nice feedback from uh, the episode on Tuesday that people really, really, really like that. Well, that's great. That's good to hear because that's always fun because usually when we, when we just like pick out random guys, it's kind of just like it feels shoehorned almost or like it kind of feels like he pulled it out of her ass. Like, oh, here's a random person that we think is going to be good. Well, I think, you know, for as much as people like to hear about the guys that are going middle to late of the draft, it's always important to talk about the top guys as well. Talk about what we expect of them. Talk about what is riding for them and what could potentially be against them. So here we are. Because especially since, you know, you said before, I think it was either last show or two shows ago that we have a lot of listeners that are new with fantasy football. A lot. So it's good to know, it's good to kind of set, settle out or set out the uh, top 10 at each position so you know what you're getting into, so you have a baseline. Well, I think it's also good for, for the people that aren't new, for the people that are returning, for the veteran fantasy players. I think it's good for them too because maybe, maybe they're not as, well, 
<laughs> I, I say this loosely because if you're listening to a fantasy football podcast in June, you know, you have to be somewhat in the loop and I commend you for your efforts, but you know, maybe some people aren't necessarily as filled in yet, yet like they would be in, in a month from now, you know, when we, when we hit August, you know, that's when people are just going to be, you know, rolling, rolling back and, you know, fantasy will be in full swing. Cause I mean, let's face it two months from now, people are going to be drafting, right? Redraft and- leagues, redraft leagues will be going. Yes. And you know, the keeper and dynasty leagues so that's expected, you know, people are very invested in, and, you know, bought into those, you know, if you, if, if you're in a keeper or a dynasty league, odds are you're very, very invested into fantasy, you know, and you love it and you know, what's going on, but also, the redraft had your rookie draft probably already. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if you've done your startup, then you've done your startup, you know, whatever. But uh, for the redraft, you know, it, it tends to be more of a laid back sort of vibe and, you know, people now are just doing their research and they're trying to figure out, you know, what, you know, what the fuck is going on. So uh, yeah. you're home to fill you in on everything that's fucking going on. The Basement Talk Podcast and Show. This is the place. Put that on a t-shirt. Put that on a fucking t-shirt. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not a zero-sum statement. I think, you know, we our show is not just to help the new fantasy football player. It's to help everybody. This is true. So the... That's kind of what we're going for here. We know we're not listen, we know somewhat about what's going on with fantasy football. Most of it, most of what of what's going on with fantasy football. So we're not just doing this to get to uh exercise our vocal cords. We're help we're doing it to uh <laughs> well it depends on the show. It's it's a show by show basis and <laughs> how far we go. At this point in the season, when we are talking about the Godfather and the hot tub time machine, then maybe we are just exercising our vocal cords. Maybe. In in those instances. In those instances, most of the time, it's to help you. And and what podcast are you going to get Jamie Carragher and Steven Gerrard coming on and talking about fantasy football? Yeah. Nobody, nowhere else. Fantasy American football, that is. Absolutely. Yeah. Jamie Carragher and Steven Gerrard are my close colleagues. Mm-hmm. Close friends. I would replace them with Adam in a heartbeat. Unbelievable. No, you didn't hear what I said. I said I would replace oh. Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher with you in a heartbeat. Okay. I almost. I, be, I am being nice. I almost was like, "What the fuck, bird?" Wait a minute. You assumed I was being nasty, so your your first instinct is that everything that I say is nasty towards you. Oh, Adam. Ooh, I see where we are. Hmm. I have a lot of evidence. Okay, I see. That is recorded. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Okay. Talk to my attorney. Okay. Talk to my attorney. Anyway. Um, not too much news, really. I do um, have one uh, news bit that I did. That I did. A lot yeah. of it's legal stuff. Yeah, a lot of it is legal stuff. But there was one news item that is not legal, and it it is player related, uh, and actually is very fitting with the position that we'll be talking about today, the running back position, and that is there are uh, whispers coming out of Chicago. Again, this is not news that I. Uh, necessarily like to um, 
to talk about, but uh, this is from Adam Johns uh, with The Athletic, who is, I believe, the Chicago Bears uh, beat writer for The Athletic. And that he's reporting that the Chicago Bears do expect David Montgomery to surpass all of his numbers from year three, which was his best year as a pro where he racked up about 1,500 scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns. So, I mean, you know, take that for what you will. Uh, If you believe that, then by all means, you know, buy into that. But with Damian Williams there, Tariq Cohen coming back, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just just kind of eh. It's kind of one of those deals where it's like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just like coach speak that they're hearing well, that from. It's, it's not from Matt Nagy though. I mean, if it no. was from Matt Nagy, then that you know that's one thing. But um, you know, I just beat reporter well, just using his observation skills. Yeah. Then you know that's 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 one thing. But uh, for me, I mean, I don't know how you feel with David Montgomery, Adam. I, I'm just I'm not in on that. I'm I mean, I like David Montgomery kind of, but I just don't think he's going to have the kind of season that he had last year when he was the guy, when he was the only person. You hate the situation. I do not like the situation. I like the player. I just don't like the situation. That's fair. That's fair. I think that is a very logical way of looking at it. Very, very, very logical. I I think the reason that they're going to be, that they're giving David Montgomery, I guess, I assume that they're giving David Montgomery a lot of work in training camp is because they're working Tariq Cohen back from his, from his ACL injury. And probably trying to ease Damian Williams in with the playbook. It's possible. Know. It's definitely possible. I mean, come talk to me in July and August <laughs> and tell me what the uh, splits are going to be for the Bears running backs. So David Montgomery right now from ADP gathered in the last 48 hours. David Montgomery is being drafted as the 35th player off the board, which is going in round four. You like that spot? I mean, for a guy that's you're not building your team around him necessarily. I would hope not. I would hope not. In the fourth round, though. Fourth round. I'd rather have. Who's he going around? Well, that's a better I question. To, I was about to go in on that. <laughs> that's a. That's uh, a better question. C.D. Lamb or David Montgomery? Oh, I'd rather have C.D. Lamb. That's C. not even Lam- close. C.D. Lamb is going two spots higher. Montgomery. David Montgomery or Mike Evans? I'd rather have Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going one spot lower than David Montgomery. You know, Mike Evans is kind of in a similar-ish situation, but Mike Evans at least has the proven track record. Yes, that's true. Uh, David Montgomery or Miles Sanders? Ooh, is that close for you? Uh, It's two guys I don't like at all. I think that's... I think it's, I, very, it, it's very mm. close for me, but not because of any glowing reasons. It's just more of like which shit stinks less. Who is the lesser of two piles of shit? Yep. I, for, for me, it's Montgomery. I Yeah, I would have to go with Montgomery. Montgomery also. is going three spots higher than Miles Sanders. Here's one that I, I find very interesting. David Montgomery or Lamar Jackson? I know your answer. Honestly, I still I'd rather have Lamar Jackson over David Montgomery. Well, 
Remember when we were talking about Lamar Jackson being drafted in the sixth round on Tuesday? Oh, he moved all the way up to the fourth, huh? He's in the fifth round. Oh, he's in the he's fifth? He's being drafted 44th overall over the last two days of drafts. Yeah, that th- now we're getting into crazy season right now with some of these guys. I'll give you what I'll give you one more. David Montgomery or Josh Allen? I'd rather have Josh Allen. Josh Allen is going five spots lower than David Montgomery is. So I mean with the val listen, running backs are valuable, but you're picking David Montgomery as your third running back, probably. Uh, or ideally, 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 or you can have one of the better quarterbacks in Josh Allen. Yeah. And somebody who is probably going to be in the top seven, at least in Lamar Jackson. Well, maybe this helps some people in just looking at this data. I see that the run on very, very good running backs, the ones that you're comfortable with taking ends at around the two, three turn with JK Dobbins. JK Dobbins is being drafted 31st off the 31st overall going in about in the third round right now. Some could say it ends at five at the fifth pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some could say that it ends at, well, it's a three, four turn, excuse me, 31st overall three, four turn is where it ends where you have JK Dobbins there. But then after that, it's Montgomery it's Sanders, it's Carson, it's Josh Jacobs. And then after that, it's Travis Etienne and James Robinson that are going back to back in the sixth round. Top of the sixth. Huh. It just gets ugly. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I just don't know if this is the year for people to just want to go, you know, all in on zero RB just because it gets so ugly at the running back position so quick. And I don't know. I don't know if I had told you this, Adam. Maybe I did. I I, I don't know if we talked about it, but uh, in my keeper league right now where I have uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah. I'm not going to keep Aaron Rodgers. I think we just, I think we like debated on whether or not you should like who you should keep. Yeah. It was Mike Davis. Mike Davis for an eighth, and I think I'm going to do it. It's not a bad pick. I mean, it's not no. a bad keeper. That's no. really good, actually. Yeah, I, I I think it just makes more sense. I think it just makes more sense to do it, know that I have at least, at the very least, a flex running back ready to go. While it's unexciting, uh, at least it's it's safety to protect myself in the event that I'm going to need a, uh, a running back. Well, I think that with Lamar Jackson – the Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, or David Montgomery debate. I mean, would you in this year, like in any other year, you probably would take the quarterback over over like a mediocre running back in David Montgomery. I would, even though I'm kind of conservative in my draft strategy. But would you, given how shallow the running back class is, would you take a kind of RB3, a flex over – a really good quarterback. Like how many, how many running backs do I have at that point? He's your third running back, third running back. Yes, I would do that. Um, it depends. It depends on where is it? No, late? In that spot. 
at in, 35. In, in the David Montgomery spot. Okay, so I'm sitting at, at 35th overall, and yep. I have a choice between David Montgomery or, say, Josh Allen. Yeah. And I've already taken, if I'm going off of the first couple of picks, say I went at five overall, I took Jonathan Taylor. Then coming back, I took Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And then in the third round, I took Terry McLaurin, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, I would take Montgomery. That's interesting. I would take Montgomery there. Just to know that I have I have the running backs situated, sorted, and, you know, it's done. Okay. Now I would say that mix of Montgomery, Edwards-Alaire, Taylor is a little risky. You know, if, if you can manage to swing, maybe instead of taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire, maybe you take a Joe Mixon. Maybe you like that better. Maybe you take Antonio Gibson instead. Maybe you go and take J.K. Dobbins in the third round over Terry McLaurin. You take a big receiver in the second round, like a Stephon Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins, where at 15th overall, you can very easily get them. So, um, yeah, it just really depends on how you feel about how risky you really want to be with with your running backs. Because I think Clyde Clyde Edwards-Alaire is one of those guys where it is just very, very boomer bust with him. I mean, if he returns, he returns value. I mean, he's someone that, is really going to be super, super, super good given the offense that he's in, uh, given the presumptive role that he would probably have as well. But there's also risk involved. And, of course, there's David Montgomery, which we spent the last 10 minutes talking about and how just awful he is. Yeah. To own. To own. He's awful. Yeah, it, it's not fun. No. No, it's not. I had him last year. He was like – it was kind of just like, oh, wow. This is, you know, um, trying to formulate this. He was just like, he was boomer bust. It was like, oh, wow. I think David Montgomery is going to break out. And then he just puts up like nothing. Well, he broke out at the end of the year, end of the year. I think, you know, the last six weeks or so, he was a top three running back. He was very good. At the end of last year, basically from, from after the bye week, which was One. what week? Uh, 11. Week 11. Okay, so yeah, it was less six weeks. So 20.3, 20. 23.1, 21.5, 28.2, 18.1, 19.2. That's really good. Yep. And if you look at it at the first, but here's the thing. You had to wait until week 12 for that to happen. Odds are people did not wait until week 12. <laughs> That's the rub. You had to wait until week 12 because – the the game before the bye, I think, was a lot of people's last a lot of people's last straw. Well, actually, two games before the bye because he missed week ten against Minnesota. Um, week nine against Tennessee at Tennessee, he had two point two points. Mm-hmm. I remember that game too. I faced um, off against him. Fourteen carries for thirty yards. Yep, and he only had. Three catches for 12 yards. He blessed me in that regard. And he also fumbled. Yep. He blessed. I went up against him. But at that point, and then he got injured. Yep. And so he missed two weeks. And people were just like, fuck this. Man, maybe maybe that injury helped him. I mean, getting two weeks off, definitely. I think it should, you know, getting back into the film room, trying to 
make adjustments and it did help. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's such a marked difference between before the bye week or before pre-injury David Montgomery and post-injury uh, David Montgomery last year. Yeah. And I mean, maybe even though Tariq Cohen is back and, you know, they signed Damian Williams, maybe Matt Nagy trusts him more because of what happened of what he did last year. I don't know, but I, I don't know, but what, but then why would they bring in Damian Williams? It's a great question. It's a very good question. And I have, I have Montgomery as a top 18 play. Uh, I have him ranked higher than Miles Sanders. I have him ranked higher than Chris Carson. Uh, I don't have him ranked higher than JK Dobbins. So he Montgomery, I think for me, he's kind of like the end of the tier of good, reliable running backs. And he's like the first guy that should start the question mark. Don't know what you're going to get tier. Yeah. I think also the defenses that he faced were not exactly great. I mean, I would say half of them were like pretty solid because he, so he uh, went up against the Packers twice and then he went to Minnesota. And then the other three teams that he faced were Detroit, Houston, and Jacksonville. Hey, you got to take advantage of, uh, of bad teams. That's true. Have to take advantage of bad teams. And he was able to do it because we would be sitting here and saying, Oh, David Montgomery had a very nice stretch. He didn't take advantage of it. We have to be very concerned with David Montgomery but he takes advantage of a nice stretch and we're saying, Oh, it was just a nice stretch. So, well, no, I'm not trying to discredit anything. I'm just saying, I'm just no, giving no, 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 context. No, I, I, I know that I'm, I'm just saying for, for more of a perspective, look at it is, you know, a lot of people want to be able to say, well, it was just an easy run, but then if, if he didn't do well on that easy run, people would say, fuck, how come he didn't do really well on that easy run? If that makes any sense at all. No, that does make sense. And it also helps if this really does appeal to anybody with Montgomery. Uh, he does have the seventh easiest schedule for running backs. So that is also true. I mean, unfortunately, that, he doesn't face Houston and Jacksonville this year. No, he does not face Houston and Jacksonville. But a seventh easiest should be should be helpful. But it's just a matter of where where are his guaranteed touches going to come from. That's that's the only major issue that I have. And is he going to be on the field for third down uh, when you have Tariq Cohen back? That's another major, major, major concern that I have. Is is he a three down back or is he more of a first, second down guy? And do they bring Tariq Cohen in for third down? And I'm then occasionally su- do they change it to Damian Williams? I'm kind of surprised because he's facing he's facing the Rams defense in week one. Facing Cle- Cleveland in week three. Awful. Tampa Bay in week yeah. seven. Awful. San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Las Vegas. Um, Green Bay twice, obviously. Um, Minnesota the Lions twice. twice. The Lions twice. Are the Lions actually going to have a good defense? No. That's what helps them. Yeah. They, he's going to face the Lions twice. I mean, what's the opposite side of the coin? Who else? Who's he playing that's going to that's gonna be weak? He's playing – well, he's just playing the AFC North. So, uh, Cincinnati. Okay, he's got Cincinnati once. All right. Um. Is Arizona like do they have a good rushing defense? That's middle of the road. Green Bay, Minnesota. I don't know. A Minnesota, Minnesota will be in, will be interesting. Minnesota will be interesting. Green Bay, I think, could give him a bit of an issue just because 
if Rodgers is there, then there's a good chance that Green Bay just wipes the floor with Chicago and then David Montgomery is just off the field. So that that that's problematic. Um, and then uh, here's the other thing. In, in playoff time, his playoff schedule is not exactly ideal either because you have – so Minnesota's week 15, Seattle's week 16, and then he's home against the Giants in week 17. Um, Minnesota and Seattle are right. The Giants one will be, will be an issue just because the Giants defense is good. Is good. I mean, it's not, it's not awful, I but it's not the seventh easiest schedule though. Cause all, a lot of these defenses look pretty, pretty tough. Well, I know Baltimore defends the pass better than they defend the run. I know that. So maybe that factors into it. I'm not I'm not quite sure. Um but he has the seventh easiest. That is that is the that is the statistic that they are calculating. So I'm not I am not gonna challenge it. Why do the Bears have four primetime games? Well, five if you want to count Thanksgiving. Because Allen Robinson is on is on the Bears. That's, That's why. Okay. They have back-to-back primetime games, actually. The country they, needs to see Allen Robinson. They have a Sunday night game against Green Bay, and then they have a Monday night game at home against Minnesota. So Allen Robinson will be on primetime two weeks in a row? Yep. Three nice. out of four weeks, actually, because nice. week 12 he is Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving at Detroit, and then a 1 o'clock game against Arizona, and then the back-to-back primetime games. Wait, wait, wait. I get to watch Allen Robinson take on the Lions on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Oh, manja, manja. And they open the season um, against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. They open against the Rams. Yes. Eek. In Los Angeles. Eek. Robinson against Ramsey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I back my king. Anyway, you want to talk about the about uh, the running backs that are in the top ten? Surely, instead of just talking about David Montgomery for the entire episode, I would love nothing more than to talk about other running backs not named David Montgomery. All right, so uh, Bert and I each came up with the top ten that we have actually shared beforehand for once, and begrudgingly, begrudgingly, uh, and we're going to go one by one and just debate on why we have each player's where and what we think of, of each of them. So number one is easy. And then it just gets all fucky from there. Uh, yeah. Yep. I mean, Adam, how, how quick were you in writing down Christian McCaffrey's name for number one? It was so quick. I didn't even have to look at, I didn't even have to look up anything. I didn't have to look at any websites. I was like, Christian McCaffrey's number one. Yep. Christian McCaffrey is number one. I mean, there's just nobody else in fantasy that will guarantee you 300 or so carries and 100 or so receptions. There's there's nobody else. There's nobody else that will give you that guarantee and will be good enough to deliver on that guarantee. He should be pretty close, at least in my uh, projections. I have him down for close to 2,000 all-purpose yards. Have him down for about 96 receptions and 303 carries 
four sixteen ish total touchdowns. So well, the thing is, he's never actually hit three hundred carries in his career. No, no, but but if they want to help Sam, they're gonna lighten his load, and the way you do that is by giving the ball to your star running back whenever you have the opportunity to do so. I think he's gonna get more receptions in that regard because I think Sam's gonna want to use Christian McCaffrey as a safety blanket. I think so. That's why I have him projected for 96 receptions. Yeah. It's a lot of catches. You have wide receivers that won't catch 96 balls. Which is even, which makes it crazy because in 2019, he caught 116. Yep. Yeah. I mean, McCaffrey is as safe as it gets. Safe as it gets. Last year was an outlier. Um, I'm going to be taking him. Number one overall, I'm very excited to have Christian McCaffrey back on the squad so I can get the full Christian McCaffrey experience. Hopefully, if he wants to be injured again, then I will never draft Christian McCaffrey again, and I am bad luck. The crazy thing about uh, McCaffrey is that he only played three games, but he had six total touchdowns. He had three 30-point games last year when he played. He was terrific. He literally had all of his ga- – well, actually, he had a 25 – is this in full – Whatever. Oh, here we go. He had in full point PPR, he had 28.4, 24.8, and 37.1. All right. So the 30 point game was based on the league where I had him. We have bonuses. Okay. So he got the 30 from the bonuses. But in standard PPR, yes, he was 25, 28, and 30. I'm so pissed about that. That game against Kansas City, I probably would have won. But I feel like there was something weird going on with his injury where, like, nobody knew if he was going to play. Like, they, like, the person started him thinking that he was going to play. It was John McCaffrey. You are the love of my life, Christian McCaffrey. But anyway, that's besides the point. My personal history, not with fantasy football, it's besides the point. Hey, Adam, you'll you'll get to face me this year with Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's great. Great guy. Great guy. Can't wait to have him on the squad. Don't know what the squad's name is going to be this year. I think I think I'm going to change it because it was America's fantasy team. And I might I might bring back hide and Zeke. I might. What about Bennett like Bailey? A Bennett like Bailey is my keeper league team. That'll never change. Okay. That'll never change. I have two T names that will never change. Bennett like Bailey and OJ's parole board. Those will never change. Those are iconic. Hide and Zeke. I won two championships with Hyde and Zeke. So we might have to bring the vibes back, the championship winning vibes of, of, of Hyde and Zeke. And at the end of the show, Adam, I do have a, uh, a question that I have to ask you. Okay. Don't is let me about, forget. Is it about fantasy football team names? No, it is about fantasy football in general. Oh. You'll okay. see. You'll see when we get there. I, I will. Okay, number two. Uh, the dissension begins. I know why you don't have Alan Kamara as two. It's because you're not ready to get hurt again. No, I can tell you why I have Dalvin Cook there over Alvin Kamara. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, I'm just looking at the projections for Dalvin Cook, and I just see way less risk involved with Dalvin Cook than there is for Kamara. I mean, you're talking about Dalvin Cook, a guy that last year was relatively healthy. I mean, he left three or four games where people were saying, oh shit, that's a major injury to Dalvin Cook. We may not see him for the rest of the year. And what happened? He came back and still did his thing. 312 carries last year to the tune of 1,557 yards 
and 16 touchdowns, mind you. Uh, and the projections, you know, they speak for themselves. I mean, I have him pretty much in the neighborhood of 320 carries at about 1,500 yards rushing. And then you sprinkle in 55 receptions to, for about 460 yards. So, again, you're talking very, very similar to McCaffrey in terms of the scrimmage yards. He, he won't be the same in terms of receptions, obviously. But I think Dalvin Cook is, is going to be terrific. And you know that Minnesota is going to want to to use him and if you can guarantee to me again that Dalvin Cook will play I'm not going to say you know 17 games but if he can give you 14 15 games and he can give you the same productivity that he gave you last year he'll be well worth it for the number two pick I just don't trust Alvin Kamara in the Saints offense where there's a lot of different things that are going to be happening there I'd rather see it with a guy that is my number three running back, then rank him at number two and potentially be wrong. Plus, I'm putting my money on the Saints, and I really don't want to do that because I've been burned before, and I'll be burned again by the New Orleans Saints. So Dalvin Cook, for me, is my number two running back with logical reasoning behind it. Well, there you go. Well, um, why, do you have, why do you have Kamara at, uh, at two? I think just for PPR, you know, the receiving upside for Kamara. Okay. No, where- I understand that. He's had he had sixteen hundred ish total yards. I think it's probably no, yeah, sixteen hundred ish total yards. Um, and also he had twenty one total touchdowns. And I think that with Alvin Kamara, you know, Drew Brees wasn't even there for for part of the season for a lot of the season, and Alvin Kamara still had really really good production like one of probably one of his best he had like a career year like he had a really really good year no he did he did he did have a very good year um but the problem is when drew Brees went down he was not the same guy i mean that's just plain and simple he had no catches versus the falcons one catch versus the broncos but outlier sort of game with the whole Bronco situation last year where they didn't have a proper quarterback and New Orleans just stopped them. Uh, three recept- th- uh, two receptions versus the Falcons. Seven receptions versus the Eagles. Great game for him there. Three and then three. Week 15, week 16. And, you know, my, my whole concern is well, I the thing don't... About week 15 and six... Well, okay. Week 16 is a bit weird because <laughs> he had eight... He had six touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's true. That is true, but I, I just I, I don't see Kamara being targeted 107 times again. That's part of the issue that I have with the projection here. Is that I don't see 107 targets going to Kamara. I think Kamara settled. I still think Kamara is a 70 catch guy, maybe 75. I don't see him breaking 80. I, I, I just don't. So then it's going to come down to what are his carries going to look like? And if, if Kamara will be a double-digit touchdown guy on the ground, then he'll be able to enhance his value with the obvious receiving work that Alvin Kamara does give you. So if he could be a 10-touchdown guy, rush to the tune of about 940, 50-ish yards, which is basically what he did last year, and get you those 10 rushing touchdowns, then the receiving work will supplement that, and then Kamara will be locked for being top five because he is super efficient on his day, but what is this offense going to look like without Drew Brees? That's the problem that I have with Kamara. But he's still my number three running back, so I, I really don't 
not gonna say that I hate him, but you know, I, 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 I there are more questions about Kamara than there are answers at this moment in time. I understand. I understand. You know the whole um, concern about Alvin, about Alvin Kamara. I definitely do. I mean, people that are drafting right now think Alvin Kamara is number four running back. Well, that is just, I don't know about that. Yeah, people have people have my next guy ahead of him. I don't yeah. blame him. I don't blame him at all. Well, wait, your next guy, you mean, well, yeah, the four. Yep. Yes. My number four, my number four running back. People, according to NFC, are drafting also, higher than my number three running back. Who is also, well, they're drafting. He's also my number four running back. Yep, we're we're in common on this one. Yes, actually, oh. four and five, we're both in common on this one. Well, wait, you had so you had Dalvin Cook at three, correct? Yes. Okay, so you we were just flip flopped on two and three so far. All right, so then there's not really much controversy then for the next couple. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're getting a guy in Derrick Henry at, at number four right now for me that is going to give you 340 carries will be a 16, 1700 yard rusher, probably his floor barring any injuries. We'll probably get, we'll definitely get you double digit touchdowns. And if you're not afraid of the obvious hit that you're going to take in PPR with the receptions, then, you know, he's fine. I mean, you could make a case, and I would hear it, that a non-PPR Derrick Henry should be number one off the board. I would hear it. I would also hear that. I think that's the, that's the thing that keeps Derrick Henry from being like two in PPR, is that he just doesn't really have the receiving numbers. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's, that's part of the problem why I just don't gravitate towards Henry. I like running backs that will give me those PPR points more than I do the ones that are just battery ramps, but... Derrick Henry might be the best battery ram running back of all time. He might, he might just be, but you always have to have that thought in the back of your head. When, when's it going to happen? When, like, you know, when is he going to fall off? When are they going to use him too much? Well, I saw a stat this morning that said, uh, Derrick Henry is 26 years old. Todd Gurley is 25 years old. Derrick Henry is older than Todd Gurley. That doesn't make any sense. Double check me on it. That shouldn't make any sense, is what I should say. Todd Gurley is younger than Derrick Henry. The difference is Todd Gurley has just two destroyed knees. And believe me, Todd, I feel you. I feel you. I didn't play professional football, but I I, I feel you. That's cr- what did when was Derrick Henry's draft year? 2014. That's great because Todd Gurley was 2015, wasn't he? Yeah. No, Derrick Henry was 2015. Oh, so the so it was the same year. It was the same year. Yep. His rookie year was 2016. Yeah, not a great rookie year. Well, Derrick Henry has just gotten better. He, he's he gotten really better has. and better he, every year he, of his career. He's basically gotten up. He's gotten better by about 300 to 500 yards every single year. So incoming the 2300 yard campaign for Derek Henry with 19 touchdowns. That's correct. The greatest fantasy season we've ever, we've ever seen. 
oh my god on five on like 400 carries on a million carries a million carries a million 30, 25 to 30 carries a game don't you know don't you know yeah uh yeah so i mean that's that's the one area of like concern for me it's more of it's more of an anxiety thing than anything but I, well well let me ask you this let me ask you this before we go on to number, to number five are you concerned at all that with Julio and AJ Brown there that maybe they take some work away from Henry? A little, but not a, not enough. Not enough. I think. Well, you know, you don't trade for Julio Jones just to not use Julio Jones. Correct. Correct. So I think they are gonna they are gonna f- uh, work him in to the offense because maybe so. in Tennessee, listen. The, the the powers that be in, in the Titans organization don't think the way that we do about Corey Davis. So they probably thought, oh, we only have A.J. Brown as our number one guy. Which is, which is a disgrace because Corey Davis was number one offense uh, receiver in that offense last year. But now they have now they have two name brand number one receivers. So I think they are going to use them a lot more. They should. They but should, still, but it doesn't, it doesn't move the needle for me. I still think that they're going to use, even though Arthur Smith is no longer there, I still think they're going to use that offense because it is, it has worked really well for them. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be the same sort of philosophy with that offense. I think personally, it would be frankly stupid to go away from what has worked for you. Yeah. It doesn't move the the needle. It It doesn't move the needle for me at all. I mean, I just don't see Ryan Tannehill becoming this guy all of a sudden that's going to drop back 600 times. Just because they have Julio and AJ Brown, I, I I just don't see it. Well, it's going to be fun for the uh, receivers. It's yeah. going to be a fun discussion that we're going to have about the yeah. Titans. All right. So next up, number five, we are in agreement. Jonathan Taylor. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. I'm I'm annoyed that I couldn't rank him higher. Honestly. I think he's. I think he's going to be terrific. I think this is this is a guy that, I mean, I have him down for two hundred and ninety four carries to the tune of three of thirteen hundred yards, just a shade over. I have him down for thirteen twenty seven and twelve rushing touchdowns, and sprinkling in forty receptions to the tune of three hundred twenty receiving yards. I I think this is someone that has just breakout top five pick next year written all over him, and I'll be drafting him everywhere I can. It's a good point. Really good Everywhere point. I can get him. And he's got the fourth easiest schedule for running backs. I mean, my God, please. There's, if there's anything that you are going to do listening to this podcast, you are going to listen to me and you are going to draft Jonathan Taylor wherever you can. This man is going to be a fucking star. Clip that. Clip that. Someone clip this shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jonathan Taylor is going to be really good. I think you, you said it better than I could have. You know, Jonathan it's going Taylor's going to be, to be fucking amazing. Oh. Please draft Jonathan Taylor. Please. Next up is some more uh, dissension. You know, you have Austin Eckler at number six. 
I have uh, Ezekiel Elliott at number six. Comes down to the PPR upside for me with Eckler. And again, he won't be, I don't think he's going to be a 200 carry guy. I have him down for about 186 carries to the tune of 853 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. But I think he's going to be a 90 catch guy with about 826 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. So it'll be a 9 10 total touchdown guy. But at the very least, week to week, he's going to be terrific in terms of his floor with the receptions that he's going to offer. So I, I love Austin Eckler as my, my number six running back. And I know Adam uh, definitely feels a bit differently. Uh, I lo- with, well, I like Austin Eckler. Yeah, but you like Zeke more. Yes. I think that, you know. Explain yourself. I shall. I think that uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he he didn't have a great season last year by his lofty standards, although it was basically the same as – it, it's bad when it's basically the same as the season that he had in 2017 when he was suspended and he only played 10 games. Yeah. Um, I think that with the full season of Dak, I feel like after Dak got injured, Zeke seemed to like pack it in almost like he just didn't care. Me too. So I think with a full season of, Z- of, uh, of Dak, uh, I think Zeke is probably going to end up uh, being better. He's going to be, he's going to bounce back. And if he doesn't get injured, I mean, this is the first, like, I feel like a major ish injury that Zeke has suffered in his career. Really? Well, Zeke has to have a big year. I mean, he has got to have a bounce back year because if he doesn't Dallas has the easy out in his contract at the end of the year and they can cut Zeke and they have a guy in Tony Pollard that can step right in and become the number one running back for the Dallas Cowboys next year. And it's very possible that that does happen. But with Zeke, I mean, he'll get you his, you'll get you your carries. He'll get you probably a 275 carries. I have him down for 279 to the tune of probably 1200 ish rushing yards. I think that's probably the floor there. Get your eight, nine touchdowns. And with the receptions, he'll probably get you about 50 some odd receptions to the tune of. 400-ish receiving yards, and he'll get you two-ish receiving touchdowns. So he'll get you double-digit total touchdowns. He'll probably be a 1,500-yard back, according to my projections, and he should be fine. It should be a good bounce-back gear for uh, for Zeke. The only issue that I have with him and why I have him ranked lower than Eckler, why I have him ranked lower than Barkley, is because I think Dak, I think the Cowboys' offense is really just built to throw. I think if you look at you know what they have with Amari Cooper, what they have with CeeDee Lamb, what they have with Michael Gallup, uh, Blake Jarwin coming back, Dalton Schultz there as well. This is an offense that really is built to throw the football. Mike McCarthy offense you know, has a history of being a very pass-heavy offense. And I think with a full season of Dak, you know, you're really going to see him want to air it out a bit more. But at the same time, you know, you have Zeke, you have that offensive line. He'll be utilized. I'm not saying he's not going to be. But I just think the pass-heavy scheme that uh, Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, you know, have implemented there uh, might might hurt Zeke a little bit, a little bit. But I don't think they go away completely from the core concepts that Dallas has with their uh, with their football team. Well, it could also benefit Zeke because he he can be an option out out of the backfield. I mean, he had he was targeted seventy one times. 
last year. Yeah. So I think that um, there's a, there's a potential, there's a possibility that Zeke will make the most out of, uh, out of his targets. And if Dallas is going to be throwing the ball, Zeke is an option. We've, we've oh, seen he's definitely that. an option. Definitely. Definitely. He, he, he's an option. I mean, I, I like Zeke. I mean, I think the later you can get him, the better. Yeah. I, I think people are probably going to be picking Zeke at this spot though. Oh, people will pick Zeke before they take Eckler. They might take Zeke before they take Taylor. Well, I wouldn't. Austin Eckler is very is a very hipster pick. Well, I am known to be a hipster with, with fantasy football. Yes, it's not people, derogatory. People, no, 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 no. People are going to take Zeke before before they take Taylor and Eckler. I would put money on it. I mean, let's just let's have a look at NFC. Okay, so people are taking Taylor before they are taking Zeke. Taylor's going five, Zeke is going six, but they're taking Zeke over Barkley. They're taking Zeke over Eckler as well. Where is Eckler going? Eckler's going eight. Really? Yeah. I have Eckler at seven. Eckler's going at eight. Not surprised. Uh, because this is PPR. Yeah. This is PPR. In non-PPR, he's going... 14th, which still, I mean, that's, that's high. That's high in non-PPR. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't really give you much outside of PPR. No, no. Outside, outside PPR, he's, I don't want to say he's bad, but he's not as valuable. Right. He's not as valuable. I mean, in my, in my non-PPR ranks, I have him right at 14. At RB14. So he should be going in late second round. But people are overdrafting Eckler. In non-PPR at least. PPR is going right where he should. Maybe he's not as hipster as I thought. Adam, I'm with the times. Yes. Always always the trendsetter. I know what the kids are doing these days. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of some kids slang, but nothing. Nothing's coming to my head right now. I'm, I'm out of the loop. What? Once you turn 25, you just say, "I, I have no idea what's going on anymore." Once I turn 25, I say to myself, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just shot." Straight fire, my guy. That was horrifying. I know. I'm never gonna that do it again. Disturbing. Never doing it again. Austin Eckler going at RB seven. That's on fleek, man. Big yikes. Big yikes. Austin Eckler going at 14. Big yikes. Big yikes. That's, that's on fleek, man. I'll tell you what it is, big yikes. You having Sa- Saquon Barkley at seven. How is that big yikes? I just don't – I don't like Saquon Barkley. I mean, I don't like Saquon Barkley either, but he is going to be in an offense that is going to be much better. He's going to get the majority of the workload, maybe not early on, but as they get him back more and more, he's going to be the main ball toter for for the Giants. And if you could tell me that he's going to be a 270-carry guy, sprinkling about 60 receptions and about 13, 14 touchdowns, total touchdowns, then, yeah, I think Barkley's going to be fine. But injuries are a massive, massive problem. And his schedule for running backs is awful. He, he is, is the, the second, second toughest schedule yeah. for running backs. 
I was going to say, he has the second hardest schedule for running backs. Yep. And I mean, let's be real. His 2019 season wasn't all that great either. No, his rookie, his rookie year is the campaign that stood out. And then he's, he's regressed every year since. Well, one of those is for is due to injury, but. Well, even, even then, I mean, just look at, look at the game that he had against the Steelers. He was diabolical. Well, everybody was like, oh, fuck. That was, was yeah. that was the, oh, fuck game. And then Chicago, he left with the, uh, with the ACL. Then Chicago was the real, oh, fuck game, but for different reasons. For different reasons. But yeah, having 6.6 points against the Steelers, everyone was just like, oh, shit. Saquon Barkley actually, does, it, does, does Saquon suck now? Like, is this what this is? Listen, I mean, you, can't, yeah. you can't make these gross generalizations in a guy going into a guy's fourth year. No, no. You, you can't assume anything as of yet. But I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I, I think, how do I say this? I think the Giants offense being better is going to help Barkley with Kenny Galladay there. You have Cradarius Tony there. You still have Evan Ingram. The offensive line should be improved with year two of Andrew Thomas, Nate Solder back. Will Hernandez still there. I mean, the, the, the Giants offense should be better, I think. And I think for the sake of trying to control games, not necessarily trying to do too much, with the defense, even though the defense is very good, I think they are going to lean a bit on Barkley once they get him going. But the question is going to be, when is that? When do they have him going? When is Saquon Barkley going? If that makes any sense at all. Where Where is he going? I mean, for me, he's going probably in the back end of the first round. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying when, when does Barkley go? When is Barkley going to be 100% where the Giants are going to say, okay, Saquon, yeah, leash, leash off, go. I don't know, like halfway through the season, probably? Possible. It's very possible. I mean, looking at the Giants' schedule, um, looking at the Giants schedule. They have a they have a week ten bye, um, sandwiched in between games against the Raiders and the and the and the Buccaneers. I, I don't know. I mean, it is a ridiculously tough schedule. I mean, that second half when the leash is off, quote unquote. You know, the the restraints are off. I just don't think it's going to be all that good anyway because of the defenses that he's going up against. Anybody who drafts Saquon Barkley needs to make it a priority to draft Devontae Booker. Plain and simple. Have to. You have got to. And it also shows how good Wayne Gallman was last year that um, the Giants offensive line will make Saquon Barkley – We'll try as as best as I could to make Saquon Barkley good <laughs> because they made Saquon – I mean, they made uh, Wayne Goldman look very good. I think Barkley, I think Barkley will be fine. I, I, I just think, you know, you have to have a good draft around him. There are a lot of concerns about Barkley for me. Absolutely. Absolutely no questions asked. There are a ton of concerns. A ton. And you, who do you have at seven, Adam? Is that Eckler for you? Yes. 
Okay, so you do have Eckler at seven, which is fine. You're you're in line with ADP, sir. Yes, and I have Saquon Barkley at eight. And I have Ezekiel Elliott at eight. Well, there you go. I have Ezekiel Elliott at eight. I just think Barkley's going to offer something a little bit more than than Zeke, even though I think Zeke is in the better offense. Well, here's the thing. Saquon Barkley, I, I I don't want to come off as a guy who's just like, fuck Saquon Barkley. He's terrible. You're, you're coming off as that guy. But I am continue. coming off as that guy. I am. I the Giants to, fans are hating you more than they're hating me today. This this is uncanny. I just want to say to add some balance to this, that Saquon Barkley has really, really, really high upside. Oh, like, he, his upside is RB1. Yeah, like RB1 is in the first, like up ahead of McCaffrey. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's his upside. His upside is RB1 finishes with 13, 15 touchdowns and has 16, 1700 all-purpose yards, if not more. I think, uh, but really, if you're drafting him at it like that, you're disobey. you're breaking the, was the fourth rule of fantasy football, don't draft players at their ceiling. Correct. You, you, you cannot draft Saquon Barkley in the top five. You can't. You can't. I know that there are a lot of Giants fans out there that are going to say, oh, yeah, I really want Saquon Barkley. If they want to do that, then then fine. You know, I can't really help uh, Giants fans because they are already Giants fans. So I think they're lost causes just because of that. But you, you cannot risk taking Barkley coming off of a torn ACL in your top five in an offense that we don't know if that offense will be good. It'll be better, probably, hopefully, but we don't know if it'll be good. It's true. You're, it's absolutely true. Okay. Um, I guess we'll go straight to number nine. Numero nueve. Oh, man. This is where it gets very interesting. Yep. So you have K-Makers at number nine. Love him. Hell of a guy. Um, and I have Nick Chubb at number nine. Uh, Nick Chubb is my ten, so I can't I can't hate on Chubb. I like Chubb a lot, but is this the question where you where you start to ask me why the hell I have Cam Akers at number nine? Sure, yeah. Why do you have Cam Akers at number nine? Well, first I of all, already know the answer to the question. First of all, he's an amazing human being, and he proved me right. Just kidding. That's not the reason. Part of the reason for you, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past you. Fuck you, Adam. He he is the second easiest schedule for running backs. Right. He's second easiest schedule for running backs, which is great. Checks the box, works in his favor there. I've projected for about 300 carries to the tune of 1,300 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. Then I have him getting about 30 to 35 receptions, which are going to be about 317 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. So he is going to be a 13 total touchdown guy. And, I mean, I just think that Cam Akers is finally going to be the guy that Sean McVay is going to lean on for the Los Angeles Rams. I think he's going to go away from the whole committee thing. Uh, Darrell Henderson will still get his touches here and there. I don't, I don't think that that's going to change. Uh, Malcolm Brown is gone, so he is very much out of the equation for the Rams. And now it's just two guys there, Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson. I think Cam Akers is the much, much, much better running back than Darrell Henderson is. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to be talking about a guy that's going to finish in the top six, top seven, if not top five, 
for uh, total running backs. So, uh, yeah, Cam Akers is uh, he's a guy that I'm going to be wanting to draft in a lot of places. I'll say this. I was, I've been flip-flopping between having Cam Akers and Joe Mixon at 10. I ended up putting Joe Mixon at 10. My son. They're basically, they're basically interchangeable for me. My son. I love Joe Mixon. Um, but for Nick Chubb, I mean, Nick Chubb kind of goes without saying, because we talked about Nick Chubb a lot. Um, you know, the Browns love to run the ball. Kevin Stefanski loves to run the ball. We talk about Nick Chubb a ton on the show because he does not get the street cred that he deserves. No, he doesn't. I mean, he's just a, he's a really, really good running back. He is. The crazy thing about Nick Chubb is that he has, I would say, almost an equally good running back in Kareem Hunt on his tail, you know, sitting right behind him waiting in the wings. And Nick Chubb still does what he does. Yeah, but they make that work so well. They do. I mean, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb can be a 300-touch guy. And Kareem Hunt will still get his and still will be talking about Chubber being a 1,500-yard back. And that'll be good to finish in the top eight, top nine. He'll be great. He'll be great. You know, take take Chubb if you're looking for a guy that is going to just give you floor on floor on floor on floor with, of course, room for upside as well. Because Nick Chubb does have the third easiest schedule for running backs. Um, I want to hear this Mixon take about why you have Mixon above Akers. What what was the thing that put Mixon over Akers for you? Honestly, it's kind of funny because I re- it was basically reading something on Fantasy Pros about right Cam Akers. So like, yeah, Cam Akers is going to be, is amazing, but, you know, I think because um, uh, Kyle Yates of Fantasy Pros basically theorized that Sean McVay is going to want to kind of sp- split up the carries to save Cam Akers for the, for the playoffs and give uh, Darrell Henderson a bit more involvement in the offense. I disagree. Cam Akers has the upside. That's why I feel like they're interchangeable. I, th- I think personally... I mean, that, yeah, personally, they're interchangeable for me. Uh, Mixon and Akers are. They are. They are. I, I just think it's actually see- pretty similar situations, kind of, where you just have their their one concern is not is not anything that they do necessarily. It's what their coaches do. The risk is greater with Mixon, though, because of the injuries. Yes. Well, the injuries is a cop out because people talk about Dalvin Cook, right? And Dalvin Cook is the number two pick in fantasy pretty much across the board. Since they've been in the league, Joe Mixon has played more games than Dalvin Cook. And Joe Mixon only played six games last year. Correct. And he's labeled an injury risk, and Dalvin Cook isn't. Or people, or people forget that, or, or want to glance over that Dalvin Cook is injury risk. There's a big injury risk with Dalvin Cook, but there's a huge injury risk with Joe Mixon. And that's like the first thing that people say when they talk about Mixon, is huge injury risk, huge injury red flag. He's the same injury guy as Dalvin Cook is. And Mixon's played more games. Mixon's been available for more games than Dalvin Cook has. And the best form of productivity is availability. It's No, it's the best ability is availability. Thank you very much. There you go. I think I also made it up, and my way sounds better, so I'm going to stick to my way. 
I think a lot of that's recency bias for Mixon. Yeah, I would say so. Just because he only played six games last year. And yeah. it seemed like he was – I'm surprised he didn't miss any games in 2019 because it seemed like he was dealing with something. Uh, he was dealing with a horrific coaching staff. Yes. He was dealing with Marvin Lewis. 2019? That was Zach Taylor. Was it Zach Taylor? Was it, no. Was it? Yeah. It was. That was the first year of Zach Taylor. Oh, even worse. Yeah. Oh, even worse. I would rather be Marvin Lewis. And that says a lot. Well, here's the thing. Joe oh, Mixon's God. He still... was dealing with Ryan Finley. Oh, dearie me. Oh, dearie me. Because they beat because the Jets lost to the Bengals. Adam Gaze skipped Thanksgiving dinner to prepare for that game just to lose to the previously winless Bengals. Yep. I fucking hate Adam Gaze so much. Adam Gaze, I love you. The worst. The gift that keeps on giving, Adam Gaze. I I hate being reminded about that. Can can the New York Giants fire Jason Garrett and make Adam Gaze their offensive coordinator? I hope Adam Gaze coaches high school football. He would not. He's not good enough for high school football. Anyway, keep, keep Adam Gaze away from Peyton Manning's nephew, Arch Manning. Keep Adam Kid, Gaze away from Arch Manning. Sick kids. Right? Sick. That's his nephew. That's his nephew. It's his nephew. Wait, who's son? Wait, is that Cooper's son? That's Cooper's son. That's amazing. The one guy that wasn't an NFL. One guy. The re- the realtor, <laughs> the fucking realtor. Has a kid who's going to be the next Manning acolyte. Put Arch Manning in the hall already. Already. Last name's Manning. If you if your last name is Manning, you're automatically just going right to the Hall of Fame. Yep. Death tax is a Manning going in the NFL Hall of Fame. Archie Eli, Man- Eli Manning has no place being in there because his last name is Manning. It's just going to get in. Archie Manning can barely walk, so Eli and Peyton can run. Facts. <laughs> Anyway, um, I think the thing also with Joe Mixon is that his production is kind of like average. You know, if he had the same level of production as Dalvin Cook, I think people would probably put him in that sort of sphere. But the fact of the matter is, is that he doesn't have the same amount of production as Dalvin Cook. He has Giovanni Bernard in the way. That's the problem. Well, he doesn't anymore. Well, he doesn't anymore. Yeah, but. In the past, he had Giovanni Bernard in the way. Which is why I think he's going to be good. Yeah. You know, he's going I to, hope so. He's going to be the guy. That's that's what Joe Burrow is saying. I he's hope good. so. I really, really, really hope so. Because okay. otherwise, yeah. Zach Taylor is as lost as I think he is if they don't make Joe Mixon the guy. I mean, I just, I'm just curious. Who the hell is even – who do they even have? Uh, it's Rodney Anderson, I think. I think the number two is there. They have, uh, oh, Samaje Pirine is there. Ah, Samaje Pirine. That's the other one. Captain America is also there. Chris Evans. Great guy. Different Great guy. Great guy. Love Chris Evans. Rookie out of Michigan. What a king. No picture, so I assume it's the actor. It, it has to be the actor. It, it is Captain America. They're just trying to conceal his identity. Makes um, all the sense in the world. They also have Puka Williams Jr. from Kansas. Hmm. Him, yeah. 
anyway, um, yeah, I, th- I just think that I think that Joe Mixon is going to have a solid, like a really good year, solid year. But I mean, I could easily switch him and Acres. My son and I hope you are right. And yeah, we already talked about Nick Chubb and Cam Akers, so that that's about it. You want to do superlatives? Let's do superlatives. You're going to forget about the superlatives? Moron. The superlatives, of course. Moron mea. Who do you think is going to be the biggest bust out of the top 10? Oh. Oh. Uh, you don't go big or go home, Kamara. Oh, you know, I'm not shocked. Kamara, do you would say that? I don't think he finishes top five. I think he'll finish top 12, but I don't think he'll finish top five, and that'll make him a bust. Okay, because people will be drafting him at three or four. So, bust, Kamara. Cop out answers, Saquon Barkley. That's not a cop-out answer. That's a very logical one. Yeah. I mean, not cop-out, just obvious. Obvious answer, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fair answer. Um, who do you think, not just bust, who do you think is going to be outside the top 10? Who do I think will finish outside the top 10 that I have ranked inside the top 10? you let me let me form it. Let me actually make this more interesting. Sure. Which of the top seven quarterbacks, or sorry, which of the top seven running backs that you have is going to finish outside the top ten? Come on. Okay. Come on. Hey, we top twelve, but we'll finish outside the top ten. All right. Here's one. Okay. Which running back do you not have ranked in your top ten, but will finish? Inside your top ten, I'm not going to say Cam Akers. It's true though. I I believe it's Cam Akers, but that's that's too easy because I already talked about Cam Akers. I'm going with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a good one. I like Aaron Jones also. I'm going with Aaron Jones. I could easily see Antonio Gibson also. Antonio Gibson, yeah. I mean, you projected you used a bold prediction was Antonio Gibson going to be a top five running back? Was it or top seven? Something like that. I'll have to go back. I predict I predicted big things for Antonio Gibson. I think yeah, I think it was. I think it was. And then you also had um have Najee Harris as well, who could finish top ten. Yeah, that's one guy not a lot of people. I mean people are talking about him, but we we just don't talk about him. For some reason, well, we will, we will. Najee Harris is I'm sure we is, have is a, a popular questions. Is a popular pick for, uh, for to finish top ten. Very, very, very popular. Uh, and then one more. Uh, out of these top ten guys, who will you be drafting the most? Who will I be drafting the most? I would probably say, what pick am I? <laughs> In the uh, league, uh, probably Jonathan Taylor. Probably Jonathan Taylor. Uh, for me, it's Acres. For me, it's Acres. I figured. Figured he's my guy. Figured as much. He's my guy. Love him. 
Yep. But uh, yeah. So that is that is the running backs. They are they are done. The next week we come back with receivers and tight ends. Bird, what was the yes. question you want to ask me? Question. You wanted you wanted to ask me something at the end of the show, and you were going to tell me to remind you. Oh yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Adam. You're you're a smart boy. So for a league that I'm commission of, we're just trying to change it up and do something a bit fun. And one of the ideas that we were floating around was co-ownership. Okay. Adam. You want me to be you you want me to be in this league? Are you would you asking? like to be my co-owner? <laughs> Here, I need, uh, I, need, I need to get down on one day. Hold oh on. Oh, God. I there wish we go. The, I wish I there was on a one day. Would you like to be my co-owner? What a terrible proposal. I had to remind <laughs> you. I had to remind you to propose this question. You need to remind me. You need to remind me about the proposal. Honey, remind me to ask you a question in about three hours. Okay. <laughs> Let me sign my life away. Would you like to be my co-owner? Would you like to be my co-owner? You know, I think that would actually be kind of interesting because that we can make a mini series out of that. You definitely can. Because it would just be us co-owning a fantasy football team. Three episodes a week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> that actually would be fun, though. That actually would be fun. Do a do a wrap-up show, preview show, and then in the middle, in the middle of the week, do a uh, co-owner co-owner team episode so wait so before i get into this before i sign on yeah sign into this family before i marry into this family yeah it, um, really it's a marriage what is <laughs> so what are the rules for the league how's it how's it work three receiver might be two quarterback not exactly sure um and it might be an offline draft which i can zoom you in for if not then it'll be online okay what is it? Redraft keeper redraft. Okay. Redraft starting from scratch. Okay. Start from scratch and we go from there. All right. So I will have, I will have more information about this league as it becomes available, but I would be, I'd be into that. I'd be down. That would be, be very fun. And that, that, that would be a, that would be a mini series that I would do. That would be so much fun. I mean, that would literally be like a test of putting our money where our mouth is where we're co-owning a team. Yeah. We talk about it. It would, it would. And, and, you know, I think what we would do is we would actually do another live show for that. That would be like the episode one of the Ed and Adam dream team series would be us at the draft. Oh my God. That would be drafting that team. funny. That would be so cool. Cause then it would just be like, it would be like we were doing a mock draft where we we're just debating on who we want to pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it makes all the sense in the world to do it. I agree. And it's more content. Kind of an over over the top proposal, but sure. Always over the top with me, Adam. So, do you accept my proposal, Sweet Cheeks? I have do you want question. to pick the venue? I will. It's funny. My sister's getting married next year, so I you know, has she picked her the... venue? Yes. Does she have her flowers done? I I don't know. I'm she not. Has involved. to get the flowers done, Adam. Come on, she needs a she florist. Has... She has the ve- she has the venue and she has the dress. Beautiful. She needs her fl- she needs to get the florist done. 
she needs to start working on the menu. The husband needs to be involved with the menu selection because that, that is an area of expertise that the hubby can really be, you know, all in on you know, the menu. Very, very important. She needs mm-hmm. to figure out whether she's going to do all alcohol, whether she's going to do beer and wine. Beer and wine is a little tacky, but I think, you know, the all alcohol really just benefits everybody, but does make the wedding a bit more expensive because open bar, you know, everyone's goes, well, yahoo, yahoo. Anyway, I do have one question. Did you ask Jake before you asked me? No. Okay. No, you were the first person that I asked. And because Jake is already in this league. That makes more sense. And we have decided that we are not going to ask anybody that is in the league. So I can't be like, I can't, I can't be like, Hey, Jake, you want to join, you want to join a team and bam, come on. No, we are picking people from the outside world. Now it really feels like I'm marrying to another family. We're going into the Valley of the Great Beyond, in the words of Westworld. Fabulous it's like program. It's like I'm marrying in a, into a Goyeshka family. No, you're, mar- you're marrying into the Gambino crime family. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Goyeshka. That's what it is. It's Goyeshka, yeah. I guess. <laughs> you're not Jewish. No. Oh, wait. If I'm not Jewish, will it be able to work? Ooh. I know. I know. You know. No, it's Jewish, not the Jewish. Okay, perfect. Perfect. I, Adam, I will convert for you if you need. Oh my God. <laughs> you'll see the teach you'll see the teach me some Yiddish, some more Yiddish. You'll give me some more Yiddish lessons. I don't really know too much. Oh, well, whatever you know. Whatever I know. To make anyway. the, to make marriage work. Well, anyway, this was this has been fun. This has been a grand all time. Um pretty excited to to con a team. And actually collaborate because you know it's one thing where you could just be like oh i'm gonna wake up on a day and be like all right so i'm gonna pick up this guy in case so you know in case it works if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't now you have to like confer with somebody yeah and i think it's gonna be nice too because it's you know we'll have we'll have one day of being able to make all of our decisions make our claims and things like that and we could also do it where you know, we make our claims one day, then, you know, record one half and then do the other idea. half the next day. There's there's so many things that we could do with this. I have an idea. Yeah. How about we do everything with this team on the podcast? All of the moves. Perfect. All the lineup decisions. We do the waiver claims during the waiver show. We put in our waiver claims. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. We could do we have it be the waiver show and then extension will be the uh the the first owner series or the whatever what the fuck we're calling it, the Ed Adam Dream Team series. The co-owner. We have to pick a name. We have to, we have to come up with a name. Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Done. No, it's be the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Team. BTP BTPFT. Yeah. The BTPFT. Perfect. Perfect. And we can have we can have the logo be uh, be the logo. Exactly. Okay. Fantastic. Marriage has been born. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Aaron Ramsey. Adam, you want to go? If you want to go for it, go ahead. Adam Ramsey. Go ahead. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Fine. Okay.
You can find all episodes of the fantasy show and everything. Vieira. Whoa. Vieira. Whoa. He comes from Senegal. Come on, Adam. You know the rest of the words. No, I don't, actually. He plays for Arsenal. Vieira. Whoa. And Man City that one time. And Man City that one time, but really play for Arsenal. Vieira. Whoa. Go ahead. I'm done. I'm done, I promise. My muzzle, my muzzle is on. Hmm. I don't believe you. My muzzle is on. You can find them wherever you get your podcast. Franco is Dead Bird, so I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye. Bye.